From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. Elevating and expanding diversity, equality, and inclusion, or DEI, efforts is gaining prominence for many organizations including those in Minnesota's Medical Alley. Medical Alley companies are not only undertaking internal DE&I reflection and initiatives, but they're also looking externally to help their communities achieve better equities in health. To ensure this DE&I work is successful and meaningful, Alexis Kohansky of the Medical Alley Association says employees at all levels must buy into the work. Kohansky is the association's director of member engagement working with members and learning about their DEI efforts. The association has about 600 member organizations of all sizes, with the Medical Alley representing the highest concentration of medical technology workers in the nation. This month, the association launched a slate of DEI resources at medicalalley.org. Here, member organizations like 3M and Ecolab detail and discuss their DEI efforts. Prior to working with the Medical Alley Association, Kohansky worked in a legislative affairs position for the state of Minnesota and for an organization in Washington, D.C. that specialized in forestry. She holds a master's degree in public health with an emphasis in public policy and a bachelor's degree in political science from the University of Minnesota. She speaks with reporter Kelly Bush. Hi, thanks for joining me, Alexis Kohansky. It's great having you here. And I think the best place to start is by having you give our readers and listeners an overview of um, your career up until now. First of all, thank you, Kelly, for taking the time to have me here. So my name is Alexis Kohansky. I am the Director of Member Engagement with Medical Alley Association. And a little bit about me. So I am traditionally from Minnesota, born and raised here. Um, grew up on the east side of the Twin Cities area, so in kind of the Woodbury, Maplewood area. Went to the University of Minnesota for um, four years. I was a gymnast there from 2006 to 2010. Go Gophers. Um, graduated with a political science degree, moved out to Washington, D.C., thought I'd live there forever, and I actually found out I missed home. So um, while I was out there, I worked for another association, but it dealt with environmental issues, particularly forestry. And this was kind of around the time um, that, you know, the Affordable Care Act had passed and I got really immersed in the healthcare policy. So I decided let's go back home to Minnesota. I got back into the University of Minnesota, graduated from the School of Public Health with an emphasis in um, policy and administration through their PHAP program. And I spent about five years working in state government. So I did legislative affairs roles at the Department of Labor and Industry, and then also the Department of Human Services. 
and I decided I needed a little bit of private sector experience. So I headed over to Medical Alley and a lot of the work that I'm doing is engaging with members and uh, learning more about our innovative ecosystem. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the reason we're meeting today is to talk about diversity and inclusion efforts. So what work is being done in that area in the Medical Alley? Oh, for sure. So, you know, if we had to level set here, so Medical Alley really is the global epicenter of health innovation and care. And I really emphasize that because uh, part of the work that our association does is to really elevate this region. So we want folks thinking about Medical Alley the same way they think about Silicon Valley, the same way they think about um, the tech innovation happening over there in California, we want them to be thinking about all of the health innovation happening here in Minnesota's Medical Alley. So that's just the first part. But in particular to DEI, I, you know, when we think about this issue, this isn't necessarily new, like a, like a brand new issue for our Medical Alley community. These are efforts that they've been working on for a long period of time. But of course, with the killing of, of George Floyd and the you know, increased emphasis on racial injustice happening in the US. Um, I think that a lot of our member companies are really looking at how they have approached E&I, um, how they think about health equity. So we're seeing a lot of energy on this issue. Um, a lot of our member companies are thinking about the ways that they're looking at talent coming into their companies. I think they're thinking about a lot of their inclusivity policies around what their current workforce looks like, developmental opportunities, what their leadership teams look like, and really pushing themselves to think more in depth about DE&I as a whole. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say too, what I'm hearing from member companies is, you know, this, this, this importance around, you know, ensuring that our future workforce is there. And, and understanding how the diverse backgrounds um, really contribute to a better future for healthcare. Mm -hmm. That's great. So in your work, what are the successful companies doing to you know, expand their DE&I efforts? Yeah, so I think it, it varies. So, you know, Medical Alley, we're a member company uh, or, or a member association with over 600 members. So we're going to range from some of the largest organizations to our early stage startups, right? Our, our even small organizations, mid-sized organizations. So I will say on the journey of DE&I, what's been so fascinating and encouraging is that we really do get a chance to engage with companies that are along the entire spectrum of the work that's happening on this issue. So for example, for some of our larger organizations, they're really looking at the way that they track data, right? So how are we measuring progress on DE&I? Um, we've seen some really innovative dashboards that really highlight kind of the growth in that space. For some of our startup companies and some of our smaller companies, they're really looking at building out their DE&I programs for the first time. So really learning from some of the other organizations, putting things in place that work well. A lot of unconscious bias training I've been hearing a lot about. Um, a lot of emphasis around the ERG groups and really elevating them and understanding what their needs are, what the organization can be doing better. And then we just have some organizations also that really look at DEI as a way to really revisit their mission and their vision. And how can we embed DEI into that? So not having DEI be this, this, this thing we put on a shelf and we, and we pick from it when we choose, but really looking at how can we incorporate this in the way that our organization just approaches our mission, how we serve our customers, and, and things like that. 
Yeah, I attended one of your workshops a few weeks ago as that virtual webinar on DEI efforts in the medical space. And that was something that I think a lot of companies said was that it's a part of every everything that they do. They always look at it through that lens. So I think that's a really interesting point. Um, I don't know if you can give me specifics here, but I'd love to hear an example of a large company or a small company that is doing successful DEI efforts. You know, what does that look like for them? Oh, for sure. So one of the things I want to highlight, um, you know, we do one of the great projects that we're doing right now and we launched it in April and our team is so excited about it is we launched a diversity, equity and inclusion webpage on our medicalalley.org website. And so this really is centered around um, amplifying the work that our member companies are doing internally at their organizations and also externally. So I just want to plug that a little bit. That's yes. a great place to go for even more stories. But for some of the ones that spoke to me, and I'm going to also say there's a lot that spoke to me, but I have two that come to mind. The first is a program that um, Abbott is involved in, and this is an internship program that is focused on um, women getting engaged in STEM, which has been very, very impressive in um, Really what it looks at is it looks at partnering with high schools, so it's a high school internship program, and really just creating these pathways and internships to get more young women engaged in STEM. And so what's been most interesting about that as well is they developed a blueprint and this blueprint is scalable. And I think that that's what's really important about DE&I. I think some folks that are just getting into it can feel at times overwhelmed by, you know, the desire to want to do more, but like, how do you get started? How can we make some headway? So I really, really, really love this blueprint because it's scalable. It's scalable to getting a, a lot of high school interns to maybe just getting one, if that's all that your company can achieve. So that's one area that has been great. And it was fun to have a conversation with someone at Abbott because they actually had their first, so they had a high school student that came on board through their program. She was also a college student and then hired her into being an employee of Abbott. So like the whole pathway through. So yeah. I thought that that was really awesome. Um, so that one really spoke to me. And another thing I want to talk about too, is there's another organization uh, called Innovize and they spoke to some of the work that they're doing with their workforce and they have a high population of Hmong employees and um, providing ESL opportunities for those employees as a development portion of the work they're doing for their company. And what I loved about that example and as it relates to DE&I is really looking at your workforce and listening to them and understanding what would be beneficial in terms of their development and that investment that they will in return have in the organization. So those are just two that really spoke to me. There are a lot more I could go into more detail, but I'm going to stick with those two for now. <laughs> okay, just for podcast sake, we'll, we'll stick to those two. So, I mean, how do we hold companies um, accountable for having successful DEI efforts? Yeah, I think that this is a really good question. And I think, you know, accountability is important, but I also think, you know, when you think about DEI, and one of the things when I talk to other DEI leaders, I mean, it really is that buy-in from you know senior leadership um, to really ensure sustainability and i think that continued engagement with your workforce and i think providing opportunities for employees to build trust with their organizations so they can hold their leaders accountable right so if you're in an organization that has you know we talk a little bit about dni we talk about talent and pipelines going into companies but i also think you know diversity equity and inclusion right emphasis on inclusion so dni initiatives aren't going to be very 
positive if you have new folks coming in, but we can't retain folks. So as we think about the inclusion piece, that aligns with accountability. So when you create spaces for diverse employees that have diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, to feel safe at work, to share their experiences and what would be valuable to them, I think it helps with accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there needs to be a level of investment and buy-in from uh, senior leadership really in these DEI initiatives to ensure their sustainability. Yeah, to follow up on that, I mean, what do the conversations with those leaders look like then, you know, when you're approaching them with the importance of a DEI um, initiative or an expansion in a company? Yeah, um, I, I want to pull in maybe a, a recent conversation that I had with a member company. Mm-hmm. And what they talked about is, you know, really taking these ERG groups. So a lot of organizations have ERG groups, but who are they reporting into? Who are they connected to? Um, How engaged is CEO, right? I even think just creating that pathway into a CEO that they have visibility in and some buy-in into these groups, I think it empowers them to continue to talk about their work. But what what she shared with me was this concept around, we had an in-depth listening session with one of our ERG groups and we just asked them, what can we do more as an organization to make this more of an inclusive place? And they gave them a list of, you know, five things. I'll highlight just two of them. Um, There were, you know, it was a good discussion, but one of them was, you know, we want to see the organization more engaged in the community. We want to see us more out front. So, um, you know, following up with ways that uh, they could list out some organizations that would meet that need. And then another area was related to, you know, investment and development and their growth, right? So that piece was, you know, if we're really hoping to stay here and grow in the company, you know, we want to take on more leadership positions, but we're applying and maybe we're not getting it or there may be some disconnect. Can we have some coaching? Can we have some mentoring, some investment that really shows the investment that they have in their talent and their company? And that would be beneficial to them. And this company listened and they're making steps to make that happen. So that's just an example, a recent one that I had. Yeah, that's something. So that kind of jumps on something you said. It sounds like a lot of companies are now pivoting to look externally to build their pipelines and do DEI efforts in the community. I'm curious, is that a recent change in terms of DEI efforts? Is that new in this area or has that been around for a while? It's just something that I've kind of personally picked up on. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to say, and, and I don't want to have a conclusive answer that, you know, says it's all been one way. But what I do want to capitalize on in this conversation is um, the positive energy around really understanding you know, community and the impact that it has on organizations and the impact that it has on employees within your organization, right? Um, I think that that's what's really huge. And I think, you know, the, the you know, George Floyd um, murder was in our backyard, right? It was in Medical Alley. And I think the, the impact that it not only had nationally and internationally, but just in this community here in Minnesota was so strong. And I think it's, it's caused companies, and I don't want to say that companies haven't been involved in the community because they most definitely have. But I think a lot of companies have stopped to reassess and say, hold on, okay, so what are we doing? Okay, this is what we're doing. Is it enough? Or where do we want to go? And what do we want to be seen as? And what is the impact that we could have on not only DEI, but also health equity, right? These concepts around health equity and um, social injustice and these issues, I think it's really provided a new energy around it. And we're seeing a lot of engagement from member companies in that space. 
Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask about health equity and work that's gone into that. So what does that look like and how does DEI efforts relate to that? Oh, absolutely. So this is a fun one. So, um, you know, our team, we're excited to, you know, I indicated earlier on, we launched a web page on DEI. Um, you know, DEI and health equity go hand in hand, but we wanted to be intentional about you know, they're not the same thing, right? So DE and I in its space, they, they relate very closely, but they're not the same thing. And we wanted to ensure that as we dive into health equity, um, disparities, all of that work, we are putting the emphasis around it that it truly deserves. And so that will be coming. We're going to be excited to move more into that space. But I think when we think about health equity, I think it's so important and it's such a multi-layered and deep issue. And there's a lot of pieces that go into the health of a person. And so when we think about health equity and, you know, Medical Alley is focused on the future of healthcare. How do we power the future of healthcare? How do we deal with some of the most challenging issues in healthcare? So as we think about, you know, health equity, we really want to be mindful about all the different components that make health equitable for all. And so I think it floats into DE&I spaces because if you could take one piece of health equity, you know, opportunity, right? So if you think about you're an organization that could be looking at creating more opportunities for more diverse populations or um, people from underserved communities, that can overall contribute to the better health that they'll have within for themselves and also their families and generations to come. So I think that that's the connection between DE&I. Yeah. And so then to take that and apply another layer to it is how does Medical Alley then play into that? Yeah, I think Medical Alley, you know, uh, as as an association, what we really serve to do is to really provide a platform that drives more attention to and energy behind our work that our member companies are doing. So we do that through, you know, elevating their work, getting more eyes on it, sharing what they're doing and also providing opportunities for companies to collaborate with each other so that as a collective, we can do more in this space. And I think that that's really the role that Medical Alley continues to serve. I mean, we're here to serve our over 600 member companies, but this is an important area and our member companies are energized and fired up about this issue. And so we really see ourselves as a platform and a venue to once again, amplify, but then also provide a platform for true collaboration to innovate. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about outcomes here. So looking ahead, if you can kind of look into your glass orb here, five years down the road, where do you want Medical Alley to be in terms of their DE&I efforts? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. You know, what I'd like to see, you know, from Medical Alley from this space is I would like to see um, us serving as more of a continued platform to bring these leaders together so that they can bounce ideas off of each other, uh, information share. You know, as we think about Medical Alley, I think we have some of the best talent or we do have the best talent in this space in the nation. I think mm-hmm. in the world, I may be a little biased, but I think it's a great place to be. Yes. Um, And so I think there's a lot of really good information sharing and best practices that our companies could uh, work with each other on. We want to build those connections up. So I'd love to see more and more connections. I'd love for us to have more content out there, more resource sharing, uh, sharing more webinars that push folks to think more in depth about these topics and not just these topics, but also the role that technology plays in them and health innovation. I think that that's what's going to be really critical and really important. So we, uh, For example, recently we had a webinar on 
maternal health disparities. And so more in that work where we're bringing those critical topics to the forefront on our platform, but then also talking about the role that technology plays. So more webinars in that space. I'd love for us to play a stronger role in the diverse pipelines of talent, uh, the investment in uh, some of the diversity as we think about the future of talent. I'd love to see more of the work in that space on de Awesome. Great. Well, I think that was everything that I was going to ask about. So is there anything else you wanted to add in or emphasize? You know, not as much, but I, I do I do want to highlight the fact that um, this is a great opportunity to be able to talk about the good work that Medical Alley Association not only does, but really the true work that our member companies do. DEI is an important issue. It is great to have the opportunity to talk more about it, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. So I really appreciate your time today, Kelly. Yeah, and thanks for your time. And last thing, where should, what's the website where people can go get resources for um, your resources? Oh, okay. So the the place that you can go uh, check out a lot of our DE&I work from our member companies is medicalalley.org forward slash DEI. Easy enough. <laughs> Easy enough. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.